Welcome to this episode of the Exploring Washington podcast with your host, Scott Cowan. Our guest today is Nicole Klaus. Uh, Nicole is the Content and Events Marketing Supervisor for CW Hype at Central Washington University. And she is a roller derby enthusiast, which is what we're going to talk to her about today. Additionally, Nicole is one of the editors here at Explore Washington State. So she is one of the people that helps us put our content together and displays it so it looks nice. And she's also contributed several articles to the platform. Uh, welcome, Nicole. Thanks, Scott. I'm excited to be here. So you and I've chatted offline a little bit about roller derby, and I'm just going to kind of turn it over to you and say, tell our audience what they need to know about roller derby and where they can see it in Washington state uh, and all of those cool things that make it something that you're an enthusiast about. Yes. So roller derby is a full contact sport and it is played by two teams of 15 skaters during a two minute jam, uh, which is what we call um, the time periods on the track. Five skaters from each team are on the track during that jam. And the games are made up of two 30-minute halves. So that's kind of what the length's like. So for a fan to go, plan for probably like an hour, a little bit more with the fun and the crowd and the halftime show and all of that. And then just as far as where to go, pretty much all of the major cities in Washington have teams, which is really cool. Seattle has Rat City Roller Derby. Um, there's teams in Bellingham, Tacoma, Spokane, Ellensburg, Everett, Yakima, Walla Walla, Tri-Cities, and, and there's a lot more. So I, I was trying to list them all out, and I counted uh, more than 20 teams in Washington State, which is really, really exciting for the sport. So you say that there's 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 15 people on a team, and five of them are active at any given time. That's correct. There's five skaters from each team on the track at any time. And kind of how that's broken down is uh, there's one jammer on the track at a time, and they are the skater who is wearing a star on their helmet, and they're the ones that score all of the points. So basically, there's no ball in roller derby like a lot of other sports, but you score points when the jammer passes opposing players. And we call um, the non-jammers blockers. And so their goal is to try to prevent the other teams the other team's jammer from passing them by staying in front of that jammer, hitting them down, hitting them out of bounds, kind of doing anything they can do that's legal in the sport to keep them from scoring points. So you said it was full contact. Yes. What and you just said legal, so there's 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 guidelines. So what are those guidelines? What's what is allowed? And what's not? Sure. Um, it's not, unfortunately, like it was back in the day where you see elbows all the time. And so we do get asked that quite a bit. Um, but they do have uh, set rules to try and keep us safer, as you know, we've learned about concussions and injury prevention and all of that. So um, legal hitting zones. You can hit with the side from the side of your shoulder down to your lower thigh. Um, so you can use all that as like area to hit someone else with. So you can't like use your forearms to or your hands to shove someone. You can't kick them. Um, so like below the knee kicking or like using your leg is not okay. So those are kind of like the ways you can hit someone. So you can like come up and do like a hip check. You can come up and do a full side block into them. Um, or you can kind of just come up and catch them and sit in front of them. 
Um, as far as legal, where it's not just what you can hit with, but it's also where you can hit other people. So you can't hit um, above the neck because we want to prevent, you know, concussions. And, and so no head hits. That's a penalty. You can hit them in their, you can hit in the chest um, or all the way down to like above the knee. And then you can hit on their sides. You cannot come and run at them fully like square into the back. That's also something that's super dangerous. So that's called the back block. And so they don't let you do that. So there are some some rules that you have to follow, but um, there's a lot of way to get to get contact without <laughs> without breaking them. So you, this is I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask the question. So I can't like skate up behind you and use my knee. Correct. It, I can't, I can't like, so basically my skates probably shouldn't leave the ground. Would that be a safe assumption? Yeah. I mean, if you're, you're a jammer and you're trying to jump the line and try and jump around people, that's totally fine. But yeah, probably don't pick up your skate to kick someone. And also it might it, throw you off balance. <laughs> if I'm a, if I'm a blocker ultimately. Yeah. Okay. So then if, if somebody's caught with, you know, I, I throw an illegal illegal block on somebody, what happens then? Yeah, so they actually have to leave the track and go sit in the penalty box for 30 seconds. And their penalty doesn't start until their butt is in the seat. Um, so potentially by the time you calculate kind of getting off the track, you could be looking at 40 seconds almost that your team is down a person. Okay, so... So instead of having five, so if I, if I did an illegal block, I'm, I'm whistled off. I have to go sit down Yeah. during that time, that time that before I, once I've been whistled before I, when I leave the track, but before I hit the, I hit the, the, the penalty box game still in play. Oh yeah. Game's still in play. So you want to get there as fast as you can. Um, and then as soon as you're whistled to leave the box, get back out as fast as you can to rejoin your team. Okay. Interesting. That's, that's, I could see from a strategic standpoint, that's, that's kind of a, an interesting thing. So what makes, so there's, there's basically then two, two players in a, in a, in a derby match in the sense there's the jammer and then there's the blockers. What makes a good jammer? Well, I've actually seen a variety of jammers, different body types, different heights. I would say there's um, benefits to both. Um, a lot of times you'll see smaller jammers be really fast and really quick and able to do fake outs and jukes and things like that and be successful with jumping and all that. Um, and then you might see like a larger jammer come in and just really be able to, to find those like cracks between the players, like where they can just shove their way through and just kind of plow through and get, get through that way. Okay. So then the, on the same question for blockers, what makes a, what makes a good blocker? versus, you know, a, yeah. a, an adequate blocker? Um, I think, I think any, I mean, any, we have blockers of all shapes and sizes. I think what really helps with blockers is communication. They have to be a good calm communicator. You're talking to each other while you're out there, you're touching each other, you're shoving your players to a spot to help them get there to block the jammer if they can't get there themselves. Um, so just really good communicator has some um, natural agility and is able to, to hustle, I would say as well. Okay. So you, you mentioned um, a halftime show, but you said there's three sessions. So, Oh, sorry. Two set, two 30 minute halves, two, two 30 minute halves. Yeah. Okay. So, and we're on for two minutes at a time. So there's um, 15 of these sessions each half. 
Uh, no. So there's two 30 oh. minute, sorry, two 30 minute halves. And then you have that 30 minutes is broken up into jams and jams right. can be up to two minutes, but since they're not minutes. always two minutes, sometimes you get more jams than, you know, if you just divided 30 by two, you'd get 15, but sometimes you get more. Sometimes, um, you know, if you get less, if there's like, um, delay, like game delays due to like official reviews or things like that, but generally so the- more than 15. So does the clock, so let's just say the match started at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so does the clock run from 8 to 8.30 without stopping? Or does it stop each time a jam is completed? Um, so there are uh, pauses in the clock. But, yeah, I would say you probably would want to estimate, like, an extra half hour just because, like, during the halftime, they may be 10 to 15-minute halftimes depending if there's, like, a big show or just um, a lot of teams will do, like, maybe a warm-up. Uh, or like a how to intro to Derby 101 before. So I usually tell people the budget for about an hour and a half for like attending about. Okay. So halftime mentioned that and you said halftime show. Yes. What on earth? (laughs) What on earth is the halftime shoot? Well, it could be, um, it could be a junior roller derby team coming to show off their skills um they are super cute uh i've seen a lot of halftime shows where you get little girls out they're like six years old they're dancing on their skates having a good time i've seen halftime shows that involve community groups like local dance troops uh singing groups it's kind of all over the across the board so um it depends on you know which what the team wants to bring in to entertain the crowd sometimes there's games for the crowd to participate in costume contests i've seen kind of all all different things Okay, cool. You you mentioned junior teams. So what what is the age range of roller derby? Yeah, and ju- yeah, junior. And then what's what's above? Um, I don't want to say above, but what? How, yeah, how is derby leagues? How are they broken up? Describe that to our listeners. Sure. So um, there's the Women's Flat Track Derby Association, which is like the overarching kind of governing body for women's flat track roller derby internationally. And there's more than 450 leagues on six continents as a part of that group. And so that's for women ages 18 and up. So, you know, you might have some 18 year olds fresh coming right in. Maybe they've skated as kids. Maybe they haven't. But then we have upwards of like 40, 50 year olds sometimes playing. So um, just depends on the league and who you have. Um, the cool thing about roller derby is anyone can be an athlete. Um, and then on the other side of the spectrum, there's a junior roller derby um, association that is for kids under 18. So, um, <laughs> and then there's also men's derby as well. And I and I guess with the men's, is there junior in, in regular uh, league as well? I same think, same big. Um, I think sometimes at the junior level they have co-ed teams. Um, but like the men's roller derby is just for ages 18 and up as well. The official league. Yeah. All right. So you said flat track makes me think that was there tracks with banks before? I mean, for some reason, for some reason in my memory, I remember roller derby on TV a long time ago. We won't go back to say how long that it, it seemed like it was, I want to say I remember it being kind of a, a banked track. So it was, it, they were really flying around, but they were certainly kicking and hitting and it was, it was like wrestling. Yes. You're not imagining that, that, that used to be, um, that's kind of the, the history of the sport. So roller derby itself um, kind of 
started after a bank track roller skating marathons like back in the 1930s and then it kind of evolved to more of a competitive sport and got real big in the 70s that's probably probably what you're thinking of with like the big hits and the elbows and kind of all that and then well, it certainly wasn't the 30s but yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah the 70s um yeah and then it had its modern revival um in the early 2000s in austin texas as an all-female woman organized amateur sport and so um, it's definitely evolved. The rules have changed to focus more on safety and, and how do you make it accessible? Um, bank tracks are expensive to store and purchase and set up. So that's why it's kind of evolved to that flat track when it had the revival, I think, because, um, you just really need a big open space. It could be a warehouse. It could be a gym, um, it could be, you know, outside if you, for practices and stuff, if you're not worried about rain. So does it, so from a surface, okay. So, how big is the track? Are they are they standard size, or can they be, you know, like like a football field's hundred yards, but a baseball field is different dimensions almost each each stadium. Where's roller derby fall into that? Yeah. So the track itself ranges in width as you go around it from thirteen um, going into the curves to fifteen feet coming out of the curve. And kind of as the length, like what the rule is, is it needs to be 108 feet long with an extra 10 feet on each side for the outer officiating for like the referees to skate around the outside. And then as far as the width, it's 75 feet with the 10 foot lane for the refs. Okay. And how many, okay. So how many referees are there in a roller derby match? So the ideal is seven. Um, so there's a couple different positions. So each jam, yeah, seven. Yeah. Um, and they're all on skates too. And then we have non-skating officials who do more of like the tracking of the s- statistics and write down penalties. Like the refs will tell them and then they'll write the penalty down. So um, a lot of volunteers to make this sport happen. I, I would have never, I would have never guessed seven um, referees. That's, that's wow. Okay. So, but okay. So the track itself it can be, it could, it could be concrete. It could be wood. I mean, yeah. is there, I've skated on a lot of different surfaces. So I've been on some that are like the typical old skate rinks that fit the dimensions. They're wood floors, um, polished concrete. Um, it just has to be a smooth surface. So obviously if there's a lot of cracks or bumps in it, they probably wouldn't be able to make that a usable surface, but you see a lot of like gym floors, polished concrete, um, some, really sticky ones like the one in Ellensburg is like kind of a gummy material it's very hard to skate on <laughs> it's, it's like skating through mud but yeah so the smoother the better usually okay so you've already just thrown Ellensburg under the bus which is completely fine because you know it's good no I'm just kidding of of the tracks in Washington where where do you where do you like to skate oh, that's a great question um I I've always had uh, great bouts when I go to play Pullman's team. They have a, like a nicer floor, a wood floor. Um, I have been to Leavenworth uh, quite a bit, um, traveled there for their tournament, the Bavarian Bruce Fest that they host every year um, by uh, Apple City Roller Derby, obviously, because they're near Wenatchee. Um, where's, where, okay, so since I'm based in Wenatchee and I don't know where that's at, where where in Wenatchee is it? So the facility is actually in Leavenworth, where I've been where I've been for the oh tournament. okay. The, the, is it the the chalet, the, the chalet building there, kind of by the McDonald's? Yes, 
it's that big kind of building and it has more of a polished concrete, but for some reason I always seem to like skating on that one. So, okay. Yeah. And I, I like going to Leavenworth every year for that tournament because I also get to visit like lo- my favorite local businesses like Icicle Brewing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Leavenworth's a fun, a fun town. And, uh, when, so when is the, the roller derby season here in Washington state? Yeah, so it varies kind of team by team, but um, generally teams will start up in January and then um, kind of get their competitive season going through the summer. And then um, some people take breaks over the summer um, and then the competitive season actually continues through November for those teams that are playing for like higher level roller derby for rankings and things like that. But um, And then generally November, December is kind of like either holiday themed roller derby events or just kind of like a break since everyone's doing their own holiday activities. So we have local teams throughout the state Mm -hmm. and the leagues that they participate in, are they exclusively teams in Washington or are, is it Northwest teams? Um, And then, cause you mentioned teams are competing for tournaments. So how would you, how would you describe that process for our audience? Sure. So um, kind of at the local level, say you have a roller derby team and they'll, they're likely to play teams um, in their state and region Um, tournaments. Usually they can decide if they want to enter and submit an application. And if they're kind of a compatible skill level with other teams submitting, usually they'll get in. Generally a lot of the times those tournaments, they want to make it fair. So they'll try to pick teams that are you know, close in match or, or maybe not too far of a, a skill level disparity. And so that's kind of how the local teams participate. And they, I mean, when I was on a smaller team, we traveled, you know, to different States too. So um, it's just kind of up to them. So then once you get to like teams that are playing in um, competitive play through the flat track derby association, um, basically their season, like I said, starts in January and then they, they enter tournaments and have to play like sanctioned games, which are usually higher level um, and then try to advance to like playoffs and that type of thing. Okay. All right. And then, so where for you personally, where's the, where's the farthest you've traveled, traveled to, to participate in, in a, in a roller derby match or a tournament? Um. I have traveled to Canada before. <laughs> so uh, Prince George, it's like, I want to say it was like a 12 hour drive from where I was starting out. And it was really fun. Um, we, I think all the teams there at the time we went were from actually Canada, which was cool. But for a little small town team to go up there and just have fun. I, I We didn't do so great, but we learned a lot <laughs> and had fun. So that's, yeah. Cool. So now you're playing, you're playing with the Seattle team. Yes. And you had mentioned before this got started, I think when we talked uh, that that team is nationally ranked. Yes. So Rat City Roller Derby is um, actually internationally ranked. They're ranked number 18 in the world right now. Very cool. That's, that's, that's cool. And so at the time of this recording, uh, roller derby is not happening because of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, what, it's hard to predict, I guess, what the future is going to bring for, for roller derby, but what do you, what's your opinion? What do you think will will it take 
for roller derby to get back, you know, becoming a thing again? Yeah. Um, well, are actually, like I mentioned, the governing body, uh, the WFTDA actually released their own standards to like return to play. So it is kind of a ways out, but um, I think there's some baseline things that'll need to happen and it, it depends where you live. I think that they'll probably start once their, you know, region and state says it's, or area says it's okay for them to start doing those kinds of activities. They'll probably start with um, just skating skills, no contact kind of work their way up, um, get everyone's feet back under them. Some people are still skating on their own, but some people are just trying to get through this time. <laughs> um, sure, so it could sure. be a while, um, but I think some teams will, you know, get back to practices sooner than um, others. So if somebody were interested in going to see a, a roller derby match or yeah, let's just start with that. So if they wanted they wanted to go see what roller derby was about and go actually see it in person in in our area. What would be your recommendation? Where where's a great place for you know? It might, this might be different than a track in in the sense of are there venues that are really good for the for people to watch the sport? Um, I I think you could look up where like you could probably just go to Google and type in your city of where you are and say roller derby in, you know, Walla Walla and find, find out where they play and find their website and contact them and see when their next event is. But also just like the roller rinks, a lot of leagues will utilize roller rinks and um, they have plenty of events at the roller skating rinks. If you're lucky enough to have one in your community. Okay. And then for somebody who might be interested in, in giving roller derby, a try same sort of advice, you know, check roller derby, your town and um, just show up and, or what does it take to get started in roller derby? Yeah, I definitely recommend looking up to see if there is um, a league in your town. Um, And then just right now is a really great, it's a weird time to join because you're not going to be practicing with other people, but it's also a really great time. If you have the ability to get on roller skates and start learning those really basic skills. So when it does come back, you already have those under your belt and you've been practicing. So um, definitely like reaching out to the a local team. They could tell you what kind of equipment you need, if you need advice on that, or maybe have like some trial equipment you could potentially borrow. Um, and yeah, I think anyone can give it a try. I had never skated in my life before I moved to Ellensburg and I just wanted to meet people. So I joined. Really? You'd never skated before. No. And and you decided to get into a full contact sport that you've never even done the basics. That's that's cool. So you mentioned though the basic skills. What are the besides being able to roller skate, what are the the basic skills that one needs to be involved here? Yeah, well, I mean roller skating is obviously one of them, but there's more to it than just moving forward and backwards. <laughs> you want to know how how to stop safely. Um, because you could be having to stop on a dime to like avoid running into someone who's on the ground or jumping over people. So you learn to jump in case you have to jump over someone who's fallen. Um, You learn how to fall properly, um, learning how to look up while you're skating and avoid obstacles. These are all things that people can practice on their own that are definitely skills utilized in the sport. Okay. And you mentioned equipment, borrowing equipment, things like that. Besides a pair of skates and a helmet, what what is considered the basic um, tools of, of a roller derby participant? Yes, those two are very important. 
Uh, we do require mouth guards, so that also helps with preventing concussion and just keeping your teeth nice um, in case you fall. Um, knee pads, elbow pads, and wrist guards are the other ones that are required. Um, and then there's like additional ones, like um, you could wear padded shorts if you were interested in that, but that's totally optional. Not a bad uh, thought, though, if you're new to skating. <laughs> right, right. I would absolutely. That would be. Can I go out there in a big inflatable ball and go around? I'm not particularly coordinated. So that's all. I mean, that's that's kind of a very fascinating to me that you picked up the sport because you moved to Ellensburg and you wanted to meet people. Yes. I um, At the time, I was writing for the local newspaper, and I happened to be interviewing um, the coach for the team. I didn't know it was for her day job as a, she works at the university doing um, fashion, running the fashion program there. And she was getting her makeup done kind of really fun way. And I said, what is that for? And she's like, Oh, I'm going to a roller derby photo shoot after this. And kind of just started talking and went from there. And I just wanted to meet people in the community. And I would say it has, it has introduced me to so many people, like anywhere you go, if you're, trying to find locals um, to connect with. Like if you're visiting other States uh, just reach out, like I can just reach out to the team and it's like a family kind of built in. So when I went to Hawaii, I took my skates and skated with their team, which was really fun. So actually you just said something that kind of reminds me. I remember seeing a picture of uh, what would be a junior team and the, the, the kids were, they had their faces painted like with just crazy makeup on. I mean, ghoulish looking stuff and it was it was pretty fun is that is that part of the 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 regular league as well do people kind of go and do this characters if you will yeah it's it kind of depends on the skater um you'll find some skaters who like match their name up and have a whole theme and maybe it's like a superhero theme or related to like harry potter and they'll like paint their face and you know kind of wear more fun socks and then on the other end of the spectrum you have people who just kind of want to do their best and not worry about all like the extra kind of things and more focus on the sport but I think for the fans that um, the makeup, the costumes, all that's super fun for the fans. And um, if you can find like a Halloween one to go to, those are the best ones for seeing all of those kinds of outfits. That's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's actually, I bet that would be a lot of, a lot of fun to see. Okay. So I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Washington state a little bit, since this is the exploring Washington state podcast. And you're based in Ellensburg, so you're kind of in the center of the state like I am. And how long have you lived in Washington? I've lived in Washington uh, six and a half years. Okay. So where's your where's your favorite place to go in Washington State? Oh, man. That's a really, really good question. I guess I, I kind of have gone a lot to Seattle a lot um, doing the whole downtown by the water thing because once you live here, everyone wants to come visit you and do that. But I feel like it's different every time based on who I'm with. And I, I just find that fun for people watching. There's always unique okay. people there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Seattle is definitely full of unique people and makes for great people watching. So in Ellensburg, share with our listeners your pick, which is going to be inappropriate right now because we probably can't go there. So what's your favorite place to grab lunch in Ellensburg? Um, well, my favorite place to go for 
Well, lunch or dinner. I love the red pickle. Um, Mario is the owner. He's really awesome. And he started as a food truck. Um, and then with recently, um, I guess it's been over a year now, opened up his own uh, restaurant. And he serves kind of Guatemalan-inspired foods. And um, he makes really great drinks, too. That's kind of his passion is mixing up fun drinks. Um, so it's called the Red Pickle. It's it's in downtown Ellensburg. And it's just really fun environment and really great customer service. All right. So I'm going to ask you this you know, on, on, on the recording. And then hopefully you can give me the information. We'll post it in the show notes below. Is there a website that... Uh, people can go to to learn more about roller derby at the at the league level at the at the the organization that you mentioned. Do they have a website that people can go to? Um, yes, so it's just uh, wftda.com, and that stands okay. for Women's Flat Track Derby Association. And they can look up like their local league through that. Okay, cool. We'll put that in the show notes below. Awesome. Um, thank you very much. This was this was fun. I I learned more about roller derby in the in thirty minutes than I've ever known in my life. And it sounds like it's definitely something we should be checking out once we're getting back to quote unquote normal. So thank you for being uh, with us. And uh, actually, yeah, one, one last thing completely to throw you, throw you off, off guard. You've, you've written some articles for us and uh, they've been extremely well received. What's your next article going to be? Wow. Uh, putting me on the spot. Well, hopefully it's a, I need to go on a hike. I'll be honest. I've been staying at home and kind of listening to the governor's, you know, uh, wishes that everyone stay home. But now that state parks are open again, I want to get out there and, and do a hike, hopefully a waterfall hike. I love those. Um, so okay. I don't know exactly what, but this weekend, I, I guess everyone will be out this weekend. So I don't know if I'll go this weekend since it's the holiday as of recording, but I'm going to get out there and do a, a waterfall hike somewhere in Washington. Awesome. Well, we, we look forward to you, uh, you, your contribution to, a, to the archives with a waterfall hike. We're, we're waiting for that. So that'll be great. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for taking some time to uh, be here with us. And uh, yeah, thank you. I, I'm glad you were here. Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about roller derby, something I'm really passionate about. <laughs> All right. Well, we will uh, we'll sign off now and uh, stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Exploring Washington podcast. Check for our presence on social media pages and let us know if you know of someone whose contribution to the state needs to be heard. You can reach us at podcast at explorewashingtonstate.com.